are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. It will take me a few minutes to get into the message. I have a very short message, very long introduction. I want you to see in verse 17, and I'm restricted. Our microphone is broken. Someone want to give seven, $800, we'll get a new one, but uh, I'm so I'm behind this pulpit tonight. Verse 17, these great beasts, which are four, are four kings, which shall rise out of the earth. Daniel is in a vision. Daniel has seen what has happened and he's seen what is going to happen both at the same time. He goes and backs us up. I want to back you up to chapter 7 and verse number 3. The four great beasts came out from the sea, diverse one for another. And now he's going to describe those four beasts. One is going to look like a lion. One is going to look like a bear. One is going to look like a, like a leopard. And one is a dreadful, strong beast. Look at verse number four, the lion. And of course, we know this is Nebuchadnezzar, Babylon, who has been defeated. All four of these have collapsed. And yet, though they have collapsed, there's still movement like this because there's coming another kingdom, this kingdom of Satan against the kingdom of Jesus in this passage. And so God shows us that the first was like a lion. A lion is, uh, and I have no, I, ha I don't even like to go to the zoo to look at a lion. I just don't like lions. And if you're a good Christian, you don't like lions either. Um, but there is the lion of the tribe of Judah, our Lord. So I guess in that regard, I like him. But your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion. Uh, I, I just, uh, they don't impress me a bit. They can impress you, that's okay. But the Bible speaks of a lion. A lion is very strong. A lion can crouch, a lion can blend in with the uh, surroundings. A lion generally takes a hundred mile square radius, and that's mine. They can scent miles away. And this one was just such a cunning worker, Nebuchadnezzar. And he felt like he was so strong, independent from God. But God had his number too. We read of that in the Old Testament here, but the Bible says he is like a lion, had eagle's wings. I beheld till the wings were plucked up, plucked, and it was lifted up from the earth and made uh, stand upon the feet of a man, and the man's heart was given to it. But that kingdom has been destroyed. That was the kingdom of Babylon. The second was like a bear. The bear equally as strong, not as agile as a lion, not as cunning, but very great strength. A bear can easy, easily knock over a tree. A bear has great strength to it and can destroy so very much. And the bear was representative of Meda, Persia. And Persia, so much activity has been done in Persia in yesteryear. And of course, we uh, sensed as we uh, look at perhaps the garden was even in Persia. 
And we know about Nineveh and all the land of Persia and how Persia will rise again, Iraq and Iran. And the Bible says this bear was raised up on the side, had been three ribs in the mouth of it, between the teeth of it. They said, thus unto it, arise and devour much flesh. That's the meat of Persia, and the Persians devoured so much flesh. Then we have the leopard. It really is the most agile of all beasts. And after this, verse 6, I behold, lo, another, a black leopard, which had the, the, the back of four wings of the fowl and the beast, and also four heads, and domination was given to it. Alexander the Great, his great empire. These are all described in Daniel 2. If you'd like to go back there, not tonight, but this week, and you can begin to see every one of these that's revealed in Daniel chapter 2. And then we have the Roman Empire. It will be revived as these will be revived and the war against God Almighty. But this is a prelude. They thought they were so strong and mighty, but they collapsed every one. And I saw the night visions. And that word vision is a key word here. Daniel was having this vision. God was showing to him something. And quite frankly, it scared him to death. We'll see that. And I saw in the night visions, behold, a fourth beast, dreadful, terrible, strong, exceeding, had great iron teeth, devoured and break in pieces and stamped the residue with its feast, feet and, and, and with the diverse from all the beasts that were before it and had ten horns. You can see the sequel of this in Revelation 13 through 19 of the ten kings with the horns that will be revived and they'll war against God Almighty in chapter 13 through 19. And he said, I consider the horns. And now notice, if you will, verse 15. And I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit in the midst of my body and the visions in my head troubled me. You'll see that word vision from here on out quite a bit. He saw something. I'm amazed what people cannot see. But he saw something. God's revealing something. And by the way, we don't see like Daniel said. I'm surprised that we can't see out of the word of God what's happening. And the Bible says that this was all troublesome to him. In fact, look at verse 29. He even said it wore the saints out. He shall speak great words against the Most High and wear out the saints of the Most High. I feel like I might be wrong, and I know it's not referring to right now at this exact moment in history. This is forward thinking here in the Bible. But I see nationwide, like never before, a wearing out of the people of God. I see it. I hear it. As I talk to preachers, as I talk to God's people, as I preach across this nation, it seems like there's a wearing out of the people of God. Hopelessness, turmoil. And I don't know if we're watching too much news or too much TV or following this on our, 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 iPad, our iPhones or uh, social media, all that's going up. But it just seems like God's people should be living with great hope, looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearance. And we're sort of just dull nationwide. 
Our churches are closing their doors. And we're just a little dead about the things of God and about hope in God. But my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' precious blood and his righteousness. As long as I'm a child of the king, everything's okay. But you know, even the man of God, Daniel, when he saw this vision, and he saw what had happened in Daniel 2 and what was going to happen with Antichrist rising up after the rapture of the church, he said an interesting verse in verse 28, and hitherto is the end of the matter. For as for me, Daniel, my cognations, which is simply my reflections, as I reflect back on this, as I meditate its cognations, as I meditate on what happened, as I reflect back on what had happened, as for Daniel, for me, my cognations much troubled me. And my countenance was changed to me. Here's a big statement. And I kept the matter in my heart. It's not the message, but I just by way of thinking right now, some of your parents ought to just keep some things in your heart. When you're worried, don't cause your kids to worry. When you lose your job, don't, don't get your kids all worked up about it. When things are not going right at work or home or marriage or family, our church, don't, don't involve your kids with that. Don't get your kids worked up. Because I can promise you this. I can promise you this from history as a boy growing up, as a teenager, as a college man, and in the ministry 48 years, and, and, and being a Christian all these, since 56, how many years that has been? 1956. I can promise you, you bring your troubles and your, your cognitions and all the things that trouble you into your children, and they will not want the house of God. I've watched a life pastor this church 44 years. Uh, you know, that church, they think they're special. Well, that church, they just think they're their best. Well, that church, they just think they're the greatest. Well, I know a bunch of faults in that church. I hear it all my life. But I guarantee it, on a Sunday night, in a year or five or 10 from now, when you and your divorced wife that are not together anymore, or you and your wife that are together and you're not getting along, and you're sitting in church and thinking, I wonder where my boy is tonight, on a Sunday night. And you, you say, Trevor, you're an idiot. Call me what you want, but I know what I'm talking about. Your kids are gonna reject the faith of their mother and dad. It's hard enough just try to do right and try to keep them in. But when you attack the things of God, you're going to lose your kids. Don't take the brains of a rocket side that the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Now maybe it doesn't bother you. But I'll tell you what, as I prayed again this morning, I said, I pray that all my children's grandkids, 14 of them, Sunday school teachers. Brother Tim doesn't have Sunday school yet. Starting that church, they didn't have enough, and they might be watching. He doesn't have enough new Christians that are ready to teach the Bible. What's he to do? I'm proud of the fact he's got a big, great morning service. I thank God what it's doing there. 
But I pray, oh God, all my son, kids and grand, grandkids in Sunday school, may they have a Sunday school teacher that's spirit-filled and spirit-led and a desire to teach the Word of God. I'm all for games, I'm all for fun, but I want those kids to know the Bible and love the Bible and believe the Bible and that God can do anything. I want, I want them to realize that God is real. I prayed, oh, I prayed that tonight every one of our grandkids would be in church sitting under the preaching of the Word of God. I pray that when it comes midweek service for Brother Tim, it's Thursday. For the rest of us, it's Wednesday. I pray that they're in church. I have no desire to hear that my grandkids are at a rock concert on a Sunday night or drinking liquor on a Sunday night. And I know, I know, I know even amongst fundamental Baptists, it's okay to drink wine nowadays. You're a fool. Wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging, and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. Look not on it, touch it, give it not to your neighbor. Man, I don't know, I'm hearing people say, I'm hearing Christians say, I don't see what's so wrong with it. Well then you do not know the God of the Bible. We're not gonna win this world by becoming like this world. My heart will break if I know that my grandkids are in a rock concert or drinking liquor or doing pot. By the way, gotta keep them in the things of God. Hard enough without you complaining about the things of God. And Daniel said, I was, as the people were so worn out and troubled, he said, I'm so troubled. I'm still in introduction. I look at these saints that are worn out because of satanic movement or self or sin. I look at the leaders that are worn out. Well, Bordell, you travel far more than the rest of us these days. You see it everywhere. I know there's great hope and there's great churches and the great things happening. I think a lot are just worn out. As the preacher that said to me so many years ago when he was beginning a church, when do you get normal people? I said, you're a long ways away from that, son. Everybody has problems. Sometimes those begin to weight you down and wear you out. The saints of God get worn out and the man of God gets worn out. I'm coming to you tonight on behalf of many items as I see this situation unfolding in the book of Daniel chapter 7. Tonight I believe we're at a crossroads. I believe we're at a crossroads in our nation. We have people running for office that believe that one of the greatest parts of their part of their platform is that you have a right to slaughter a baby. The safest place in the world should be the womb of a mother. And we're going on national TV and we're putting our agenda out there and say, I am for a woman's right. What about that baby's right? When a nation begins to slaughter babies. I think today, if I'm not mistaken, it's just the anniversary this week of Roe versus Wade. We have slaughtered more babies in America than any other country. I don't know the exact number. I know we're over 60 million Plus, how in the world can a nation elect officials that believe 
that it's appropriate to slaughter the baby where you cut up the pieces of a baby and a mother's woman. I may be very cautious when I say, but here, here on out, it's about as most graphic I get, and then destroy that baby's life. That's a life. That's a child. And our nation is at the point, vote for me because I will allow you to do this. We're at the crossroads. We're at the crossroads in America, addiction. Vote for me. I will help you. We'll legalize needles. How's it working, San Francisco? We'll legalize drugs. We'll have safe environments so you get your drugs. How's it working, Colorado, California, and all the other places where they now say, go ahead, have your pot. Uh, do you know, did you ever study that, what pot does to the brain of a teenager? It destroys their brain cells and their future part of their life. Well, you think we have a bunch of schizos on the street right now, you give it another 10 years. These kids need to be protected and our homes need to be protected. I've never seen where liquor has helped a home. Come to my office. Come and listen. He's a drunk. Go with me time after time as I visited people in the jail that drove a car drunk and hurt other people. Ladies and gentlemen, we, we, we want abortion, we want addiction, we want drugs, we want euthanasia, that we determine for God how long we're going to live. But God said, your days are determined by me. We want sodomy. I think we have the potential of a man to come to the White House to bring his husband with him. And he's on the campaign trail. I've never heard him speak, but he's on the campaign trail with his husband, and he's got traction. That is a blasphemy in the face of an almighty. Read Romans 1. For this cause gave I up, gave them up to un, ungodly affections. Men burning their lust with men, and women burning their lust. There are not, as the nation, the state of New York said, 36 genders. Mr. Bloomberg. Male and female created he them. Our nation is at a crossroads. We got, want God out of our public schools. We want all this godlessness. Thefts are up. Murder is up. And we're trying to change it with Washington. We're at a crossroads with our country. We're at a crossroads with our churches. And I'm not going to give up and and lessen up because you don't like this. This church, and I know, I know, I might clean it out, I'm not trying to clean it out. I'm not trying to be left with 10 people. But this church under my watch is not changing. I can guarantee you that. We need strong churches in a weak country. The churches should be that which fuels and guides and directs the nation and the government and the people. They, the, the world doesn't, the community doesn't need to move us and shape us. What your community wants, let's be something good for your community. Tell that to the apostle Paul, who was moved after he saw the idolatry and went to Corinth 
and his spirit was moved and they, they stoned him and cast him out of the city. We didn't want that. Wanted the crazy man, Mark chapter 5, when he was chained to the, the, the tombstones, but when he was saved and clothed and in his right mind, we don't want that. I'm not saying our city wants us. Our church is at a crossroad. Our churches, and dear young pastors that are listening to me and older pastors that are compromising. I, wanna, I, wa- I challenge you on this. The prayer meetings are gone. The prayer meetings in our church are gone. Now it's a basketball game with Phil Jims. We have two of them. Now it's volleyball. We'll fill it. And I'm for those things. I like it. Now it's a prayer meeting. Get a couple of elderly ladies and a couple of elderly men. In the average church in America, that's about it. I thank God for the people of this church that pray and attend these various prayer meetings. And as Brother Cooper said, I tell you, sometimes on a man, God gets on it. You can just hear it. Or sometimes in a prayer meeting on a Saturday night, the prayer meetings are gone. The average church has nothing that resembles a prayer meeting. No time for the church to pray. Preaching is gone. Preaching is gone. It's gone. The word preach means keruk. It's a Greek word, keruk, to lift your voice, to herald, to speak with authority. Jesus preached. But now what we do, you'll notice on, you'll notice on the screen, write it down, point one. I want to just speak like we're in our seminar. I want to speak about the immutability of God. Thank God for the immutability of God. It's in the Bible. And what we want to do tonight is to bring an awareness to our lives, how to get along with our fellow neighbors. I'm not saying preaching ought to stir you up and get you mad at your neighbor. Love thy neighbor, Matthew 22, as thyself. That's the second great commandment. But you go city after city, is there any preaching in that city? I mean preaching. Where sometimes it bothers you. Preaching should bother us. And I know nowadays you have the wonderful thrill because you can, you can go online and write about it. How that, and you can even be anonymous. You're a great coward. <laughs> I'm at least telling you all, we're, this church is going to be ha- revolving around preaching yeah. and prayer meetings. And revival is gone, Brother Cooper. It's gone. It's gone. Well, you've got to wrap this thing up. You know, we've got things to do yet tonight. Revival is gone. Tears are gone. Shouts are gone. Amens are gone. Our churches are drying up. Don't you see that? The altars are gone. Holiness is gone. Soul winning is gone. Whole time religion's been replaced with compromise. I can't wait to see the internet line up this week. Hymns are gone. The Holy Spirit of God is gone. You dear young pastors, you've organized all the community events and all the, 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 the uh, 
play programs and all these, but what about, what, when was the last time you, you, you asked God for a prayer meeting for your church? When was the last time that you fasted over the souls of your city? I was talking to a great pastor in a distant state this week. You'll never know who it is. And he won't want anybody to know, and I think I'm the only one that knows. But I know that he'd been already, since January 1st, hadn't had a morsel of food. But he said, I'm fasting on some things. Well, God's got to break through. God's got to do something. You young college boys, why are you going to go out here and start some user-friendly church? We've got them a dime a dozen. We don't need any more. We need some boys to stand and preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. And in these last days, God said, I have chosen the foolishness of preaching. I see our country's at the crossroads and our church is at the crossroads. I think Christians are at the crossroads. I never thought, I never believed it. That would get so mean-spirited toward one another, so unkind. I never believed that we could use this Twitter thing and Facebook to destroy and to hurt one another. He said, well, that's what you're trying to do. No, I'm trying to preserve the heritage. I won't name his name because I'm always in, somewhere, but I heard him about two months ago, a talk show host on a morning time. I think he has 25 million people listening today. He and I are exact same age. I think he's a couple months older than I am. He's been doing this radio show all these years, and he said this. When I got into radio, I wanted to get around all the newscasters and the old guys that had been around. And I was like a sponge. I was asking questions. I just asked us questions all the time about how to do radio work and how to work the time and, and how to keep an audience. I was just asking questions left and right. But he said, I've been doing this for, I think, 30-some years now, 25 million people a day listening. And he said, I cannot tell you when a young person graduating from any institution has ever asked me a question because they're all know-it-alls. And I know that sounds like an old man griping like me. Because you now go to your peers. It's like you sweet young girls that are having babies or you have little babies. And you will never think about asking a Titus chapter 2 woman who's already raised children how to do it. You'll go to the internet. And here's the way they say it. Use bounty for diapers. It works. I just thought of that because I saw bounty here recently in our home. And so I'm not criticized. We bought it. Where do you get that stuff? Well, it's environmentally friendly. Where are you girls getting this kooky stuff? There I go with Greek again. Well, I want, I'm, I'm, I'm buying material so our children preschoolers can be entrepreneurs. That's a big thing nowadays. What about learning how to obey? What about learning how to not throw a tantrum? What about having that three-year-old not run the house like he or she does, but that 
that fellow that's called dad or that mother runs the house? Well, I don't believe in that. I think they have their rights too. I do too. When they're out of your house. I'm not talking about being mean. What, what, what are you young girls doing? Well, I tell you what, I want to be a preacher. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask some internet guy because he's got this praise group here and they've got 4,000 people that come and they get it done either Saturday night or Sunday morning. That's it for the week. So we can live in Disneyland and we can live in the snow and we can live on the mountains and we can live on the lakes and we can do all of our other things and we do our God thing and get it out of the way. We like to get it done on, on Saturday so we can have Sunday. And I see what's happening. Can't, can't you see it? Can't you see how the Constitution is being attacked? Can't you see that? We make up rules as we go. Can't you see that churches, just look. You know how to do this internet stuff. The, the churches are dropping Sunday school like the Sunday school. I was reading in my study the other night, Ari Torrey's book that we published here on the hymns, and they're talking about in 1800s going to Sunday school. The Sunday school work, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we didn't have the drugs and the abortions when we had Sunday schools. Our nation's a mess. Our country needs help. We're at a crossroads. Our churches are at a crossroads, about extinct. God's people, the Christians. Now I got to my message. And I'll just give you the title. And I won't preach it. Let's get right with God. Let's just get right with God. And I say that. You know, if you've been here any length of time, I never bring up sporting events. I, if a pastor wants to... But I want our listeners to know we live a mile and a half from the stadium called the 49ers, and I don't know if they lost today or if they won. Hope they won. I got a lot of money on it. <laughs> I don't have a dime on it, ladies and gentlemen. That's going to go out real well because people splice things now. Do you know, I knew this was going to happen tonight. I imagine people in our church have season passes and ticket holders. But they're not there tonight. They're here. It's the kind of church this is. I doubt, I doubt, I doubt, I doubt that you'll be able to go online and see any of our people at the game tonight. Because they're in the house of God. And so though we are in really a difficult spot in our country, I'm grateful for what God's doing here. I'm grateful God's given us those little children that came across the platform and then the elementary kids and the junior high and the high school and the college. God bless you. 
all the way up to the senior saints. But please don't tweak this thing. A nation will be saved by godly people and by godly churches. I beg you tonight, let's get right with God. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.